0: Welcome to Make Your Move, the podcast designed to help you get on the property ladder and then figure out what the hell you're doing once you're on there. From deposits to mortgages, surveys to moving day, we can help. Make Your Move is brought to you by Really Moving, the price comparison site for moving home services. Let's get into our episode. And Welcome to the Make Your Move podcast. This week, we are talking to Paula Higgins from the Homeowners Alliance, who is here to talk to us about the things you need to ask when you're viewing a property for the first time. Welcome, Paula. Thank you. Would you like to tell us a little bit about the Homeowners Alliance and your experience in the industry?
1: Of course. So Homeowners Alliance, we're a very popular property advice website. Uh, I set it up 10 years ago to give independent advice and services to buyers and sellers because at that time it was very hard to get sort of basic answers to questions like how much should I pay an estate agent or how should I negotiate uh, you know a property so 10 years later um, we have lots of really independent guidance that's being checked and you can also come to our site to find things like compare conveyancing quotes working with really moving and, and removals and that sort of lot.
2: The first question really is when you book a viewing is there any research you need to do beforehand or? You just crack on with it.
1: No, you definitely need to do research before booking a viewing. We are all very, very time poor, and you really don't want to be traipsing from place to place with uh, looking at properties that are just not suitable and don't meet your needs, really. So, the first thing I'd say is before you do your research or as part of your research before you book a viewing is really look at the property listing carefully. They're getting really much, much better. The floor plans are really important. And also to look at things like, particularly if it's leasehold, if it's freehold, what the council's tax band is and state agents are being encouraged quite strongly to put more and more of this type of information up front so that you don't waste your time and going to view the property there's also an awful lot you can find online so you could find the the last time the the house had been sold or the property had been sold at what price what the neighbors are you could see how long it takes to walk to the local shops or to do to take transport you know to commute to the the schools in the area what the you know whether you'd actually get into the catchment area the schools? Are there any major planning developments planned? So there's a lot of things that you can find out online. And we really would say the more research you do, the better off you'll be in the end.
0: Yeah. I think it's funny when you think about it, property is probably the most expensive thing you're ever going to buy. It's, you know, it's this huge, huge purchase and a huge decision. And most people, I think it said on, on your website, it's about half an hour, the average time that people spend viewing you know, on an actual visit to a property, which seems mad, bonkers.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is quite bonkers, really. But I mean, that'll be like the first visit, really. Mm-hmm. So we did always encourage people to um, visit a few times. But it's really tricky, especially if you're a first-time buyer. You haven't done it before. You know, you feel a bit. Awkward going into somebody else's home. You've got an estate agent, you know, putting pressure on you, saying there's another viewers. And and all of these are sales tactics anyways. But really, do not be rushed when you are viewing a property. And do go back because you know you need to go out back as many times as for you to get enough information that you feel comfortable putting in an offer and actually it can be life-changingly good but also if you get it wrong and if you find out that it's not the right place for you to live in it can be also a ex- very expensive mistake so what we do say is you know you really need to take care and do do your viewings properly but also be time efficient with your viewings so one of our tips would be you know make sure to write a list of things that you want to look at or things that you think you should look at before you go and try to tick that off while you're there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's so easy to be, I suppose you go in to get a feel for a place, right? You go in to see if it is, it's a hard thing to try and get just from the photos on a listing. You want to get a feel for the place. Um, And, you know, sizes, I always think it's very hard to get a sense of space.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and of course, because of the way that they take the photos anyway, so you've got to see whether they've you know, maybe they've taken the photos and they've taken all the furniture out of the room and there's no place for storage. <laughs> and you also get a lot of things from viewing the properties from outside. So, you know, if you're not feeling you feel a bit pressured while you're inside, is look outside, you know, the curb appeal is so important. Look at the, the windows. Do they look like in good condition? Is there paint peeling? Do they look a bit rotten? Look at the roof. You know, even if you don't know what to look for but if you can see if there's moss growing up there so it might be something you might want to say actually i might get a surveyor to look at that more carefully so there's lots of little telltale signs you can take when you're viewing a property but we say that you know go in with a checklist try not to be ushered by these you know where the estate agent wants to show you and their their patter do make sure you see all the rooms you know make sure that you you look at the loft you look at the you know the basement you know and also think think what the potential is can you build out i know that you're finances will be incredibly stretched at this time but it'll be a surprise in a few couple of years you might decide actually yes I do need to extend or maybe I need a a garden room so just really take your time and really visualize and see if if you can see yourself living in that property.
2: Obviously you mentioned the estate agent kind of having that sense of urgency and the pressure on you Um, do you have any like tips because I think a lot of people especially first-time buyers might feel a bit intimidated to just go where the estate agent wants you to go and like just take the time that they want you to take do you have any tips? for maximizing your time and trying to counteract them kind of pushing you in a certain way?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, just be, I mean, always be polite. (laughs) Um, You know, estate agents are ultimately, they're they're on your side, but you've got to remember they're there for the seller. They're looking to maximize the price they want to sell the property, but they're also looking for the right buyer, really. So it is is a, a good relation to cultivate. So just, you know, Ask questions, ask lots of questions, especially if you've got the owner there, which usually the estate agents will try to make sure the owner is not there, but make sure people love talking about their property and people, people are generally fairly, you know, trying to be fairly honest. So just ask lots of questions, make sure you see every room and don't feel silly about it. You know, say, look, um, I've, you know, I'd like to see the loft or, you know, maybe see my parents said I should see this. Another good piece of advice is maybe bring a friend because if you've got two people, then you can kind of both. Play a good cop and bad cop, really. So, you know, one can maybe go wander off into the bathroom and turn on a tap to see if it's, uh, see what the water pressure is like, while the other's with the estate agent. So, it's always like, you know, another pair of eyes can also really help. Another piece of advice we'd always give is also if you've got time, like, you know, if you're standing outside waiting for the estate agents to come in, you know, if you can strike up a conversation with a neighbor brilliant because they'll have they'll know exactly what's going on in the neighborhood and actually they would like to know you'd like to know how long you know the house has been empty for a period of time what are the schools like would you get your children into the school what are the shops like and you get a real sort of sense of the the community in the area and again the neighbors will always you know be fairly you know fairly honest people I think I, I would say another thing is uh, another good thing and so you do feel a bit rushed with the estate agent so a lot of the um A lot of the listings will have virtual viewings. So you can actually in your own time see, you know, so see viewings also, but also ask to take photos. You should ask permission first. And that might also help you that, you know, when you go back and start to think about it and maybe think about if you want to do another viewing, the things you've checked off on your list that you're happy with or things that you're a bit concerned about and you want to explore a bit further.
0: Is there ever anything that you think, you know, if you were looking at a property and you saw that you'd go, nope, nope, I'm out. Absolutely not. Or is it just a case that there's a variety of different, there might be an issue, but you can throw money at a problem and and that's fine. Or is there ever anything that you see on a walkthrough that you kind of go, no, I wouldn't touch that at all.
1: (laughs) Oh, it really depends. It really depends on your, you know, your propensity and your your level of risk as well, because, you know, if it's a it's a a property that's very run down, you might think, well, actually, I could I could I could do it up and I will make money off because people cannot be bothered doing that. So I wouldn't shy away from decoration that's not suitable for you or even if you've got some major work, if you feel that that's what you want to do. Especially also, you might be better to sort of buy big or sort of to, to think about yourself in three or four years. What you don't want to do is to buy a property that you feel you've outgrown within a year because that's where you're set to lose money in terms of all the transaction costs. So, so think about if you can see, see things going on, um, you know, that you can see that you can probably improve or whatever. In terms of things that would really turn me off, I think it's actually more the legal side of it. Um, you know, I'd be very worried about things like lease length for instance and it's very likely if you're buying a leasehold property and not having the the right charges if you not if you can't get information about the the costs and the, the ground rents and and how how much the service charges are I would be quite worried about that, and I'd also be worried about if it was a, again a, a, an apartment building, if if the whole out exterior everything is is dilapidated, and because that means it's not being managed properly. And I would think I'd be worried that, for instance, that you know when the roof might be coming up to be replaced, there's going to be some big big money that will be needed to do that, and you might not be prepared for that. So, but other than that, I think it's as long as you you know if you get a survey, surveys can be great because they can help you decide how much. Money you want and you need to spend that if it's you know the roof needs repair repaired whatever it is. The other thing I would say that you know is also to look at things that can't be fixed. So you know if you go in and you think well you know okay it's a beautiful property but it's by a major road and that's going to really annoy you and you're worried about the air pollution then it's never going to change. Uh, another thing to look at is um, if you know light is quite important. So for instance if if you're very if you're a keen gardener. And you want a south facing garden and you've got a damp, derelict garden that will never do anything. And you probably will think, well, maybe I will never be happy there. I'd rather, you know, look somewhere else and look at the where the property is located and how it's located. So it's those types of big things that would put you off. And sometimes that sort of stuff you can see before you're even going to view the property, whether it's close to a big A road or or whatnot. So and that's where to do your research carefully.
2: So when going for the actual viewing, what are the main things to be looking at when you go for reviewing? The things that people often miss or people don't know to look out for?
1: Yeah. So I think the big thing to do is, is to go in with your checklist. So, you know literally right out even if you might not hold it to hand or whatever it is but that will sort of keep it in your brain that you've got to look at things like look at the windows you know look at um, the double glazing is the you know is there condensation windows are incredibly hard to replace we're well, not incredibly hard but expensive to replace and they can be quite cold look at the the roof ask to see the boiler how old is the boiler look at the where are the radiators are There rooms without any radiators you know do you think it's going to be cold look at you know it's cracks you know. So it might be sort of minor cracks, might be absolutely fine, but if they're major cracks, you might be quite worried. Smell, have a smell. Um, have they got lots of candles around? Maybe you know you're worried about damp. So these types of big sort of issues like damp, societies and stuff, that can be quite tricky. So it's it's looking at you know look at the size of the rooms. Are the rooms you know that be suitable enough for your the way that you want to live in that? Of course, you can kind of chop and change, but ultimately the, the size of the property, if it's not going to suit you, look in cover try out the tap if you can so just you know hold back and just really try to look at beyond the sort of the, the the initial decoration and see if you can visualize you know that you're there look at the garden look outside one thing I would also say that I'd always be quite wary about if uh, if if a certain room has been painted and others haven't, you know, what what are they hiding? Look at things like, you know, if you can see underneath the carpets or the rugs or whatever, you know, a rug might be sitting there. But it might be sort of strategically placed, for instance, because it's hiding something or, you know, sort of big tapestries on the wall. So just think about like where you might hide your warts and all really.
0: I think one of the best things someone said to me was about visiting at different times of day. So for things like seeing the traffic or how, what it's like at night, if it's very different, if it feels less safe, but yeah, different, like traffic at different times.
1: Yeah. It seems like a no brainer, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it seems like a no brainer, but yeah, definitely. And and it's very classic that people, you know, the state agent will say, oh, it only take you so many minutes to, you know, your commute or travel or whatever it is, or, you know, into town, but go and do it at that time of day. Don't go and do it at eight o'clock in the morning. See what it's like. Um, If you're living, if it's near a school, go during school time. You might find out you can't get any parking at all. And maybe that's an important thing. It's it's really important also because one of the things is, um, you know, especially if you're feeling unsafe at night or, you know, if there's a pub that maybe is um, wild at night, or maybe it's not at all. You don't know. It can go either way, really. So it is really important, that, especially, you know, and we'd always say that definitely most people do at least two viewings before putting in an offer, or, you know, if you put in an offer and, and, and do a viewing, is, is, is go at a different time of day, purposely go at a different time of day. And, you know, again, it's always good to bring a friend just to, you know, get another pair of eyes on it. Sometimes people fall, they fall in love with the, the property in their heart, but you need to take a step back and think with your head. Like, can you imagine living there day in, day out and for you to do the things that are important for you, the journeys that you need to do?
0: Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And I think it also, sometimes, you know, you set a scene. If you go on a lovely sunny day and everything seems beautiful and whatever. And then actually I remember viewing a property with my mum when she was looking for a new place and it was was a beautiful house and we'd walked past it many times and it was lovely. And we went to see it in the rain and you suddenly realise the full extent of the damp in the rain. Because it was just so cold and wet, and um looking at these windows and just going, oh, you know, on the outside every day when we'd walk past in the sun, you'd go, oh, that's lovely, and then you go, oh no, yeah. this is not yeah. great.
1: <laughs> and, and estate agents know this as well, so you know they'll they'll you know give you bookings for eleven o'clock or whatever it is. But if you can go at night, you know it's a time, and it's especially we talk about the aspect of the house, right? That you know it's amazing, and one side of the street from another, it can be, feel, feel like a very dark house during the day or maybe in the evening, and and that's where i think getting out into the garden is really important as well if there is a garden or if there's a you know a place an outdoor space that's quite important for you it is important to um to to yeah visit it at all times because you'll be living there at all times of the day
2: so i think another another way that people try and you know influence how the house feels is is staging can you take us through a little bit what that is and what it's used for in terms of viewing
1: sure so staging is when you go and you you know, you're 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 putting your property in the best light, and this can be, you know, actually the the owners of the property taking all their furniture out completely, uh, putting into storage, and there's also lots of lovely tricks, and they're just really trying to sort of make the property that can um, that you can see yourself living in, and. That usually will end up costing more as well because you know it can be a very sound investment for someone who's trying to sell. So, some of the things that you can see for staging and some mirrors are a very classic example. So, cleverly placed mirrors just you know to sort of expand out the property, or even mirrors in the garden, which is can be a very effective way to expand out the property, but just be aware of what of what's happening. Minimal furniture, new build developers are classic at this. So they literally will put in extra small double, look like double beds, or you might find out in the bedroom that there's no side tables So really look at, like, look at where the storage furniture is. This is very classic to take out the chest of drawers or the cupboards or things like that. So that's another area where staging can, you know, that's a very classic thing to do. Strategic lighting. So we talked earlier about how light is really important and that's um, lovely smells. So, you know, we hear about the baking bread or, you know, the nice candles and that can really mask the smell of damp um, and maybe other smells that, you know, you don't want to have. And the other staging is what I said earlier is that, you know, really look at where if everything's been painted, you know, quickly and properly and and especially if certain areas are looking a bit more well done or painted than others, I'd be really quite wary of that. And like, why have they painted that? So it can be a nice way for you to see a property that you love, but you might actually be pay, paying a premium for properties at our stage so you know what we always say is you go into properties that are a bit tired maybe try to sort of put your staging hat on and see you know don't be scared if it's you know if, if somebody hasn't staged but you know they've It's a classic example with people in in properties. They've kind of fallen in love. They just want to move on. But you know, actually, don't be scared off of that. You need to give everything a lick of paint. That's actually not that expensive, and it's quite fun being and buying properties where you can put your own stamp of uniqueness on it. Instead of feeling that you don't really want to repaint or to tear things out that that are already new, and it seems quite inefficient to do so.
2: If you have furniture that you know you're going to move into the house, is it worth like having measurements and stuff in your head and being able to kind of gauge where it would all fit in a, in a house
1: yeah no i mean that's a great and i'm terrible at visualizing and i you know and i know the first thing you should look at and i think we said this at the beginning is look at those floor plans but the floor plans are not all the same because they actually don't have the same way of measuring so sometimes uh the estate agents will give the floor plan but they'll they'll include the the thickness of the walls what i've been known to do is that is actually just taking a tape measure out so even where i am to try to visualize how big that room is Because you might find out it's a little bit of a box room. But do think whether to see whether your furniture, would it fit into your new property? Will you be able to get it in? Will you be able to get your, you know, if you've got a a lovely, big, massive sofa, will you get it in through your front door? We recently did, a uh, we sort of, you know, did some changes to our basement. And uh, we found out that actually there's only one sofa we could buy that can actually get in there. So God forbid (laughs) the next person who buys it, they might, they'll they'll realise that they're not going to be able to get to, A pool table or a big tv or something like that into these tiny rooms so looking at the the location of how things fit together is always is always very wise to do so but yeah
2: yeah thinking about staging it reminds me kind of the reverse of staging when I was looking at flats there was one room we went in and they had an absolutely massive bed in there and it just made the room feel really small and it really turned me off that flat because I just thought there's not going to be any space. But if they would had like a really sm- strategically small bed, I might not have even noticed how small the room was. Yeah. So I can see like how, how that would work on people. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it is. I mean, and that's where, you know, you know, so so don't be scared off because uh, actually, you know, the property that we bought was uh, empty for a long, long time and people were very scared off and it needed quite a bit of work or whatever it is. And we spoke to the neighbours as to why, why was this property empty? We're really concerned about this. You know, we want to make an offer. And it sort of transpired that actually the owner of the property was living elsewhere, was quite not a very nasty person and kept sort of you know, uh, pushing up prices and this and that. So it's it's really interesting to understand the history of the property and to visualize what, you know, we could visualize beyond the net curtains and the the awful beige carpets and the, well, actually it might be quite popular now, or the, you know, the, the, the way it was all done, it was like very, quite naff. And, and it wasn't to, to our um, tastes, but over time, you know, you start to then it becomes your own and then you can put your own stamp of approval on it. So purposely I would purposely pick a property where I could do some work on it as opposed to something that is actually perfect you know to move into but it's it's people's own choices and it's it's what is works for you so and that's why it's really good to do a, a checklist or something so to remind yourself Of what is it that's important to use It the location is it that to make sure you've got uh, rooms set aside for um, if you need to have a work from home or a playroom or do you want an open plan kitchen if it's not an open plan kitchen surprisingly enough it's actually not too bad to tear down a you know sometimes an internal wall so don't be scared by that and doing that actually you could probably add quite a lot of value to your home because the next people who are looking to buy might want that open pan kitchen. So it can be, you know, you can actually spend to to make more uh in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think there's like there's like looking past the staging and sort of seeing it as your own. And then which yeah, I'm not a visualizing person. I'm not very good at seeing my husband's luckily quite good at that, but I haven't got the ability to like imagine a different colour on the wall or anything like that. But you just kind of have to I'm go with same, I'm dust. the same, I'm the same. Um then like you say, you there's also the imagining yourself living there and yeah, I think every time I've seen, we've got a list on really moving as well, a checklist that you can kind of print out. And every time I think, yeah, water pressure, you said it like I would never have thought to run a tap or run the shower, you know, stink off and run the shower or just to see. But that is something that would really impact your day to day life. If it's rubbish, the same as, you know, natural light and, yeah. and access to things or or if you're, you know, if you can't leave your house. Or
1: uh, mobile phone coverage.
0: Yes. And mobile yeah, phone
1: coverage is really important. Mm. Uh, broadband, you know, and they will, this stuff will be coming online that, you know, uh, on Rightmove and others, you can see what the broadband levels of services are, the mobile phone, but nothing beats going into the house with your phone, doing your viewing and seeing, ah, does this work? Mm -hmm. Or talking to your neighbor. And they'll say, they might say, well, this, provider's not very good in this area but this provider is really so it's those types of things that are really really important to to people really and that's where you know to have that sort of little list of behind you know you've got in your head that you can tick off before you actually think well actually this is yeah this is I can really see myself living here for the you know for at least a few years
2: that's that's the one thing I wish I had checked off when I viewed where I currently live because we went to set up our internet The first day we moved in and we realized that the people who lived here previously or whoever had painted over the the socket for where you put the internet in so we had to have them come in and like put a new one in the wall so for about a week of living here we didn't have any internet because there was no way to connect it and if we'd looked at that before we might have made a different choice but um see luckily things turned out.
1: Yeah, because that's a good point because things like electrics, electrics are really important, like looking to see where the plug points are. Um, can be an absolute nightmare if you're in a place and, you know, you've got all the tech that you want to use and you only have a few plug points and you know, and rewiring is a can be in a very expensive business, which is why it's always good to wherever you move to is to is to get a survey done of, of some sort or, you know, make sure that you're you're happy with taking that risk on of doing the work yourself.
0: Yeah, I guess that's kind of the next point is that, yeah, again, hearthead, maybe you love it, but you've noticed there are a few issues. The next step even, you know, the next step would be to get a survey and sort of confer if there are issues.
1: Yeah, and, and surveys are, I mean, they're, they're, they can be very different from what people think about. We know that there's like, you know, the risk level one, two, three, but they can also be sort of bespoke to you. So I think what we always say and what we have on our site is like, you know, how do you find a surveyor? But, you know, they're working for you. So we always say don't go for the one that maybe is being offered by the mortgage lender or whatever. But, you know, this is a building professional that is there for you. So make sure that, you know, you see what kind of report they're going to give. They can be very different. So some will do lots and lots of photos. They'll take the photos of the roof and all that sort of stuff. But also make sure that you... Ask you know if you're worried about a certain crack or you're worried about something, ask them that and um, and if you can go and visit them if you're allowed to while they're there or at the end of their survey, so they can point out to you. We bought a property years ago. And it was in terrible condition, spent a lot you know, on the survey and got a sort of program of works out of him to say, OK, I know I need to do all this stuff. And at the end, I was like, do you think we should still buy this property? And it had damp and all these different things. And he said, actually, I think it's quite a good deal because it's in a good location. It's fundamentally good location, fundamentally good transport links. And, you know, it, you make it your home and it's it's it'll it'll work over time. So we were happy to take that risk on, which is why we got you know, probably a very good deal in the end. But I did invest in that survey and I invested in the surveyor. So I made sure I did my research. I spoke to various surveyors before I settled on somebody who really understood the local area as well and sort of understood like, you know, seen other properties in the area and what had been done there. So I think that gave me a lot of reassurance.
0: I was thinking as well, in some ways, the people, if if the owners are there or if the estate agents can tell you a little bit about the owners, you know, you are buying their home. You're buying their history to an extent. So sometimes that can give you a little bit of an insight. So, for example, my mum was trying to buy this bungalow and it went on and on for a very long time trying to buy this bungalow from a lovely little old couple who'd been there for about 35 years. And you know the guy was very much that he wanted to fix everything himself and he would look after it and whatever but actually he realize when you've been there for so long and you're older and you can't perhaps keep up with it the way you would have liked when the surveyor went in he just went oh I I'm not sh-. like for a, for a single older lady buying by yourself like this is going to be years worth of work that you know they've tacked on bits here or they've tried to plug this up there or they've tried to make do and mend and, and actually it, it it's worse off because they didn't do it earlier and didn't do it properly. And I think you kind of find, you know, there's been other houses where we saw where, you know, the guy went, oh yeah, I sort of, I know a builder mate and we, we've kind of dealt with it. And you go, oh, where's the paperwork? Like, yeah. so I really thought like you're buying their home. You're buying their history of how they look, they've looked after their home as well. Yeah,
1: which can be quite, <laughs> dangerous but I would say I thought you're going to go down the route that you know people quite you know thinking oh well a seller like they're gonna I'm gonna buy their home and I'm gonna get a nice price for it whatever and unfortunately that doesn't seem to happen because they're trying to buy the next home but we always encourage I mean estate agents really hate this but we always encourage if you can to you know have try to have a relationship with the seller because You know, for a lot of people, if they understand your story and we know that one in three property transactions fall through and there's lots of whispers and lots of, you know, things happening. But if you've got a direct relationship with that buyer, that seller, it does make things a little bit easier, really. And that's why also that, you know, when we bought our home, we knocked on the door of the neighbor and started chatting to her and thought, okay. is this interesting? This is an interesting house, why is this? And that's, you know, it's so much insight. So don't be so English about it and, um, you know, just go and do your research and chat to people, chat to the local neighbourhood and, uh, yeah. But in the case of this, like, yeah, the bungalow, that's um, very classic that, and, you know, and, and also... If you, if you don't have the paperwork, it, everything takes a lot longer as well, really. So, which is why, again, another thing, which I'm sure really moving say the same thing is like making sure you, you know, get a conveyancer on day one and um, the likes of making sure that you get the legal work done properly and that you actually read and, you know, speak to the, <laughs> your conveyancer about, you know, any issues you may have and any red flags they give is just listen quite carefully. And, um, you know, we see people going full speed ahead saying, that's it, that's the only house. And perhaps maybe it falls through. And then six months later, they're so happy it's fallen through. And also the other thing is, is that, you know, it's very classic that maybe not so much at the moment now, you know, it's more of a, a buyer's market, but people are absolutely gutted to miss out on a house. You know, they're looking for a certain house in the area, but, you know, many times it can actually, that seller, that buyer could have fallen through and then they'll come back to you and say, oh, you still you're still interested in it. So there's different houses for different sorts. And I think we can all, we all adapt to things and, you know, we're probably quite happy with where we end up and not think about the what ifs what if I didn't got that house or didn't get that house or or property or what?
0: oh yeah I'm sure there's a lot of I definitely one of ours fell through and I was so grateful because it then transpired that it had so many issues (laughs) and I think that probably happens to a lot of people I thought it was interesting saying that, you know, we we do try and, you know, we want things to be quicker. We want them to be sort of automated a little bit more. But actually, so much of the buying process is a bit more personable. You know, it's calling and speaking to your conveyancer. It's calling and speaking to your estate agent and checking in. And if you hadn't, if you know, if you'd spoken to that neighbor and she was absolutely horrible, it might have changed your mind about whether you wanted to buy that house.
1: Yeah, no. Neighbors are, are can be a nightmare, really. So, and that could be an easily away thing to move. But it's it's a pity because I think that if we had more, and you know, we're campaigning to have more upfront information, and that's why it's great. We've got so much more online. Is that you know you want to have, and one of the first questions you asked is like, what would you, what research you do before doing a viewing, lots, because then you know actually, this doesn't meet my top three criteria, my top three, you know, that these are really important, then that's it. Okay, you can move on, really. So it's, it's just really important to do your research and to really think in your head, what is important to you. And it's probably likely that you're going to have to do some trade offs, because we're not all made of money. And you know, we, I'm sure we'd all love to live in Buckingham Palace or someplace. But, uh, you know, you might have to make that trade off and move that a bit further out or think a bit outside the box, really, you know, maybe you need to have a flatmate for a while we've done that in the past or or something that's maybe not quite you know you can see there's room to expand and to do up and do things over time so yeah so you just really need to be a bit more sort of adaptable really it's not like buying a a sofa or even a car and it's also very much I think it's the important thing is is buyers beware really so it is you know, you get what you buy and you generally can't return it. And if you feel you've been missold, it's incredibly hard to make that case. You know, you might get a few hundred quid in compensation, but if you miss that conveyance or told you about that big planning development of, you know, gazillion houses that's going over your green field that you wanted to buy, but they showed that they showed it to you and you weren't paying attention, that's it. You're, you're stuck with that. So. Yeah, I guess that's why we like all our property property TV shows really, isn't it? So
2: So we yeah, we've talked about all the research you need to do like before and during the the viewing. But after you've viewed a property, you really love it and you've you've checked off all the things you needed to view. Is there still research you should continue doing after you've chosen somewhere?
1: Well, I, I think if you know if you put in your offer and you you know you're feeling quite comfortable, and you have to think that the price you're paying is the price that you're happy with, really. So you know, I always think that you know properties or homes should be for living in, and you know don't think that you're going to make so much money or whatever it is. But I think that it's really important to get the legals right. So I think that's where you know if you find out that this um, you found your perfect property, but then you find out later down the line or you didn't pay attention that. There's uh, restrictions on it, for instance, maybe it's in a conservation area, maybe you won't be able to make those changes, or that there's the, the parking, you're not going to be able to park outside. So there's there's those types of restrictions, or that you might not be able to um, operate a business out of your home, or keep your caravan outside, or, or something like that. So I think those types of things are really, really important to, to keep an eye out, and, to, and some of that stuff won't come out till down the line. Another area that people don't think about, and this sometimes, because state agents might not know, the boundaries. So you think you've bought that, you know, section of land as well, and you haven't. And now you're in a boundary dispute, which, you know, was not the best way to get on or start off getting on with your neighbours. So it's those types of things that is really, really important to, to look at the searches. Flooding is another example. And there's, there's so much open data now on that you can find. And also the conveyancer, you know, a good conveyancer will help you with that as well.
2: So finally, what is your one best tip for people viewing a property.
1: I, I would say my biggest tip um, what I say over and over again is when you're viewing a property is bring that checklist with you. Cause it's amazing how you will, it's so annoying that you, you know, you might've traveled somewhere, you've got, you know, you've gone in, you think actually I'm really, really interested in this, but oh, I haven't looked at X, Y, and Z, um, you know, and of course you can go back and this and that, but just bring that checklist with you and just, you know, tick off. Is there storage? You know, what's what's the aspect of the garden? Look around with really sort of intelligent eyes, really. And yeah, no, it's a very exciting time. <laughs>
0: So what's the one thing you learnt from our expert guest this week?
2: I think the the biggest thing I learnt was the amount of trickery that could be involved with viewing a house is this the way of like all oh, paint can not conceal something, a, a well-placed mirror. I think often we just get into the idea that this is exactly what the house is like and sometimes we miss the fact that they're trying to make their house look as nice as possible. So maybe be a little bit skeptic of when you're looking at it.
0: Yeah. In a similar way, I think I very much fall for like the atmosphere of something and the the feel of the place but actually like you say the feel of a place is just staging a lot of the time they've made it feel that way <laughs> and i could make it feel that if i was skilled at doing that i could make any place feel that way <laughs> so like yeah not falling for the top level stuff and yeah i think that was a very good comment about storage because there is never enough storage ever
2: yeah it actually reminded me of a film i don't know i think it was it was either amy adams or isla fisher one of those two women that look exactly the same and there's a film where like it's a rom-com and her job is to stage houses to make them look good for like rich people's apartments. And then she goes to Ireland and falls in love. It's got really not nothing to do with it, but that's the beginning of the film is that's her job that she like stages apartments. And I was like, is this a real thing? But I guess it is. People pay people to make their houses look good when they sell them.
0: Yeah, it does. It does make sense. But yeah, I guess, yeah, the more they've paid to stage it also i suppose you may have very very eclectic tastes so someone may have told you to like dull it down a little bit and make it more neutral which i think is different than having something fully staged because either all your stuff was rubbish or all the place was terrible
2: to say. i think about if whenever my parents whenever my parents have to sell their house and my old childhood bedroom which is like bright yellow and blue and like people are gonna <laughs> view that this is horrible maybe they should paint it but those are the colours I chose as a kid
0: (laughs) there's so much to consider and actually I think the main takeaways from that were to be a little bit more pushy to ask the uncomfortable questions if you feel uncomfortable to be nosy to feel like it's very English to be uncomfortable about going into someone's house and opening their cupboards and running their taps and things but if you are going to invest the most money of, of you know it's the biggest investment of your life it is worth taking the risk to be a little pushy to get on with it (laughs) or send someone else to do it yeah you've been listening to make your move the podcast here to make moving simple we hope you found this episode useful but as always everyone's situations are different so make sure to do your own research before making your move Make Your Move is brought to you by Really Moving, the price comparison site for moving home services. If you have any experiences or questions you'd like to share or ask that might be put on a later episode, please email us at podcast at reallymoving.com. See you on the next episode.